wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola, come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is Jim Jackson. I know we've been a little bit on vacation. Florence and I do need a little bit of time off, but we do thank you for all of the kind words that you've said about us. And I saw on two sites that Florence and I were talked about by many people about an up and coming podcast. And we just really, uh, it just has blown me away. And uh, anything that we do that you guys support is just very, you're very kind. And, and we really work hard for all you guys. And we're just so excited about it. Florence, uh, you're becoming a superstar. I'm just trying to hang on. Oh. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Obviously, I'm in the beautiful, uh, with all the fires, uh, hopefully California will stop burning. In Northern California, at one time, there was four fires surrounding my house. So uh, I didn't know what to do anymore. I almost lit it on fire just to stop the commotion. I mean, it was crazy, but I'm glad everyone's kind of recovered. And uh, we may not have power anymore, but but uh, God bless us, everyone. Uh, so uh, let's <laughs> let's go for it. Uh, I've been I've been wanting to get this this person, uh, one of my favorite TV people of all time, and one, and I think the greatest TV villain. Other than the old campy Batman yeah. series, but the best female and male villain of all time with her TV mom, obviously, who passed away recently. We want to give her a lot of love. But why don't you introduce her guests? I can't contain my excitement anymore. Let's do this. Yes, I'm just as excited, Jim. Um, she's amazing. And Little House on the Prairie is still one of my all-time favorite shows. She's an actress and an author. And her name is Allison Argram. Allison, welcome to the forum. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. This is on. I've been hearing about you guys, and now it's like everyone's starting to hear about my show. Is that we're going to be famous podcast hipster people, and we'll have to wear ironic hats and the avocado toast. <laughs> That's right. But as we've talked about, some of you have already talked about 
the things that you've listened to and we are live and let live. And Allison has a great podcast that I enjoy listening to you. We have no hate. We love when everyone does well. So please listen to our podcast ne- next week. We're going to be giving a schedule and we uh, sign up for a newsletter to keep track of all the things that she's done. But right off the, the, uh, the bat, I want to talk about your book that I believe was released in 2011 one of the i by far the greatest book ever done by little house and uh i bought them all and i'm not ashamed to say that but when was the thing i wanted to ask you allison was when did you really seriously think about writing a book about your life and about the series well i guess all my life even before the show i mean well having read my book you know what wacky existence i've had my entire life with my crazy family um, Love your parents. I, lo- <laughs> um, I had people when I was a child look at me and say, I hope you're writing all of this down. <laughs> oh, gosh. You your stories. Um, oh, I love yeah. it. And for years, people would tell all these crazy. They said, you are writing a book, aren't you? And then, of course, with the show, people would just shake their heads and say, boy, I hope you're writing a book. Um, so I said, I better start, you know, taking notes. Um, and so then when – celebrity memoirs from series started to become a thing. I said, well, this is good. Well, I was doing stand-up, you know, and I had started doing my one-woman show in 2002. And in I had been doing regular stand-up, but in 2002 was when I launched Confessions of a Prairie Bitch, the show, which is all true stories. So I was sure. writing these stories from my life, putting in the show, and I started going, hmm, I should probably write the long version of these for the book. And I started working on that. And then one day I'm doing the show and um, this wonderful man comes uh, to my show. And he turns out he is a literary agent. I was performing in New York. Wow. And I know. He said, wow, hey, is, is, there, is there a book to go with this show? Kent Wolf, great guy. And I said, there could be. And I sent him my four chapters. And next thing I know, I'm sitting in the offices of HarperCollins and um, signing papers. So um, I got a book deal, and it's been quite the success. People were very happy about it. And I did throw in everything and the kitchen sink, and it did really well. Now, your life, obviously, we're, we're, you've gone through so much. There was a lot of uh, – uh, you you didn't hold anything back, and we uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was why don't you talk about Steve Tracy and what kind of a person he was and the great things that you did uh, in honor of him as well. Well, Steve Tracy played Percival, and I mean what a, what a, a national hero he became as soon as he went on TV. Wonderful actor, he done a lot, worked in a lot of comedy improv, a lot of comedy stuff. And he got hired to play Percival, Nellie's husband, which was a big deal because everyone was like, who on earth is going to marry Nellie Olson? <laughs> but his first episode, you know, he tells Nellie, as pretty as you are, you don't need a restaurant to catch a man, dumps eggs over her head, tells Mrs. Olson to shut up, causes applause yeah. to break out in millions of households, you know, worldwide. So he really made an impression, a great guy. And his comedic timing, I mean, the chemistry we had together was just amazing. So we became really good friends. I mean, my theory is when you play husband and wife on TV, you either can't stand each other or you become great friends. I'm Melissa Sue Anderson. <laughs> yes. Right. I've heard Linwood Linwood Boomer said some pretty pretty nasty things. So yeah. I, I, I totally get but that. It's typical, but like it's a Bob Newhart show. Bob Newhart and Suzanne Pluchette adored each other. So like you have these, it's one or the other. So there you are. So we hit it off and we became great friends. And then in the 1980s, he became very ill 
And he finally called me and said, well, it, it's, it's AIDS. I have AIDS and I'm going public with my diagnosis, which people really weren't doing then. No. And next thing you know, everyone knows that he has AIDS. He's on TV and he, uh, people are calling and asking me, you know, if, if oh, did he use your bathroom? Do you have, I'm like, oh, for heaven's sake. Because oh. um, people didn't know. I mean, this is when people thought there were sure. from mosquitoes and doorknobs for heaven's sake. So. I was helping him, but he was a very, you know, self-sufficient person. He also had a lot of friends. His his family stood by him completely. His friends stood by him. He was accessing the proper medical services. But a lot of people weren't. A lot of people's families abandoned them back then. So I started volunteering at AIDS Project Los Angeles to see what I could do for the people who weren't as fortunate as Steve Tracy, who had a good family and health insurance and all that. And I wound up on the AIDS hotline there. And which is where mm-hmm. I met Bob, who I married you now, which is completely crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wound up uh, being at the AIDS hotline and doing the speakers bureau and everything else they had. And because of being famous and I seemed accessible, I guess I wound up doing tons of interviews on TV and radio and speaking gigs because people who were terrified of AIDS were for some reason willing to hear it from Nellie Olson. Mm. And yep. I became the source of information for a lot of people, which was kind of nutty. But Steve was a really brave guy. He did die of AIDS in 1986. Um, mm-hmm. He was on a bunch of experimental drugs. And as he said at the time, oh, no, they're not going to work on me. It's too late. I'm just hoping they can save someone after I'm dead. But he I've, re- I've read so many good he things about died. him. Yeah, just amazing. And your guys' chemistry on screen, I was reading where a lot of people actually thought you guys were dating because you just oh, were, you did. hit it off so well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was living with his boyfriend. I was living with my boyfriend. It was like, yeah, no, we're definitely not dating each other. But we hung it up. People were like, no, no way. They absolutely <laughs> were convinced. They were like, oh, come on, these two. It's totally a thing. There's no way anybody likes each other that much. <laughs> now I, I it was a, and also it, we would be amiss my mom just adored Catherine McGregor and uh, Richard Bull I just saw him on Gomer Pyle an episode of Gomer Pyle talk about these two amazing people and, and characters uh, in the show well Catherine McGregor brilliant woman absolutely crazy as a hoot owl she <laughs> the dreadful Harriet played Nels and talk about chemistry. Um, oh, both boy. highly classically trained actors. She studied with Meisner in New York and did theater. Richard Bull was a graduate of the Goodman School in Chicago. I mean, these were serious actors. And here they come in, and their husband and wife on this thing. And they'd met before. They'd, like, been in theater groups before. They all knew each other. His wife and Catherine, there was a little clique in Hollywood. So here they all wind up on the show. And they hit it off because Catherine, although a very nice person who, took in stray animals and people. Um, yeah. She was very eccentric like Mrs. Olson and very opinionated. And when she got going, and then Richard really was like his character. He was the voice of sanity and reason at all times. He was this very calm, sensible, intellectual man. So it was like, okay, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. that These two are playing husband and wife. They were incredible. And also, you know what? No one asked. I don't th- know if anyone has ever asked you. I'm fascinated about Victor French. I've heard a lot about him being an extremely private man, but he and Michael yeah. uh, Landon just created a, a just a, a mini dynasty with some of the shows that they were, because he was in a lot of the Bonanza shows as well. Why don't you talk about Victor French? 
those two were inseparable. They met on Bonanza, and you know, back then, Mr. Krabs <coughs> played the heavy, always played the villain. So Michael thought mm-hmm. it was terribly funny to have him play the like one of the most beloved characters from Christmas yes. books. You're going to come in and be Mr. Edwards. You're going to be like Santa Claus. You're going to be the most loved, beloved character ever in a children's book. And you're going to be like, what? Um, so he became Mr. Edwards. It was a smash. And then he just took him along with him to Highway to Heaven. And it was just yeah. a huge, huge star, um, which was really good. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He was. He was quiet and private, but he was also a huge jokester and with an outrageous sense of humor and very, very funny man. And the two of them like to drink and carouse. Victor used to come see my stand-up act in the middle of the Wow. Really? It was very funny. I would be at, like, the Laugh Factory or the Comedy Store. And, and, I mean, we're talking the late set. The only time he didn't come, like, to, oh, the showcases or anything. No, it's, like, 1230, almost 1 a.m. Oh, my gosh. And I come off stage, and Victor's sitting at the back table with a shot glass in front of him. He was like out oh. or out somewhere and went, oh, Allison play and swung by on the way home and caught my midnight set. That must have been pretty cool. That is that is right? good stuff. Oh my How gosh! Now, that? now, if my mom, when we had found out that you had read for other parts on Little House, my mom said, "How in the world could she have played anybody else but Nellie?" I you couldn't and see it. Why don't you talk? Yeah, why don't you talk about the casting directors and Michael agreed. Um, yeah, well, what happened? <laughs> okay, Laura Ingalls, or as I said, Laura Ingalls Wilder. That was like the search for Scarlett O'Hara for eight-year-olds. Okay? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they read everybody. They were seeing people in L.A., New York. They were scouring the country's eye for Laura. They're like, oh my God, Laura Ingalls Wilder. So they, they saw everybody. But meanwhile, here's little Melissa Gilbert, who's done a ton of commercials. And don't forget, she was, like, in an Alpo commercial with, like, Lauren Green. And yeah. like, you know, yes. hi, like, gee, do you think he maybe talked to Michael, like his best friend? And then, wait, she goes to Buckley School with Michael's daughter, Leslie. So she was on the radar. She was in full. So she was reading for everything, and her mother was getting her out to everything. So you bet by God she read for Little House of the Prairie. And oh, yeah. So she so, but they were seeing everybody because they knew they had a cast of thousands. So I initially, and I had a very good agent, so I went. I, I had Batman's agent. I had Adam West. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. that. I had Batman's nice. agent. Um, so I went on what they call a go-see, where Ed Friendly had optioned the books to make the show and was meeting with little girls, and he's sitting there with this pile of books on the table. Hi, I'm going to make a show with these books. And I was like, okay, I'd never read the book. It's terrible. Uh, but I get called back, and I read for Laura, and I read for Mary, and it's like, no, no, wrong, wrong. And they obviously agreed. Uh, but <laughs> And I'm a, I don't know, because I'm an idiot, and I've never read the books, and I'm a total idiot and have no idea. And there's apparently a million people in this show, so I'm like, how many people are in this thing? So I get the sides, and I, I don't know, there is a Nellie Olson. And I start looking at these pages, and I turn to my father, and I said, this is not a normal part. And he said, what do you mean? I said, this girl's a total bitch. And my father starts <laughs> laughing and said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? This is like a 12-year-old girl part. You're 12. What do you mean? This is a children's show, for God's sake. I start reading it for him. My father laughs hysterically. It was all the my home. My home is the best home in all of Walnut Grove. It was that whole thing. And I best don't think the country will have a penny. 
And yeah. he said, oh, my God, she's horrible. This is brilliant. And he said, okay, don't don't change a thing. He said, you read it like that. And he said, in fact, don't rehearse it. Don't read it again. Put the pages face down. I don't even want you to look at them. Genius, genius. You go in and read it like that. I went, all right. So I go in, and there's Michael Landon, and there's Kent McRae, and there's Ed Friendly, his whole gang. And so I do it, and I did a rip just like that. They went nuts. They start laughing. Because it is. It's just too funny. She's bragging about her house. And there's this whole spiel where Nellie says, we have three sets of dishes. One for every day. One for Sundays. And one for when someone very important comes to visit, which we have never even used yet. So she's telegraphing the fact that she doesn't know anybody. They're in Walnut Grove, Minnesota. No one is coming to visit. The queen is not coming over. These people are crazy. They have a set of dishes that they are never going to use because they don't know anyone. And she is too dumb to realize that she has just done this number on herself. And I said, this is really funny stuff. So I got the joke. I don't know that all the other 11-year-olds in the office got the joke. Maybe that was Yep. Maybe. Oh, my God. It's like, she thinks she's the greatest thing ever, and we have never used them yet. And it's like, hey, dummy, you just said that means you don't know anybody. You've never used the dishes for someone important <laughs> if you don't know one. And she's no. oblivious. And to oh my God. someone egotistical and oblivious, that's, that, that may be a joke for a lot of 11-year-old actors unless they're really good. So I oh, yeah. did it, and they said, can you do it again? I said, what do you want me to change? They said, nothing. You need to think about the house again. Um, <laughs> and then they hired me. <laughs> that was that was it. <laughs> the, the, a star was born. Now I have to be honest with you. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. Your mom, she probably uh, just entertained me more than anyone, and I never even knew it. Oh, I God. still say, uh, "Hello, Davy." I had no idea yeah. she did Davy and Goliath and all these. Davey, Why don't you explain all? Mine. Oh. My real mother, my mother, um, or as I say in France, ma mère était un strong. Uh, my mother, <laughs> um, she was a guest smurf once. Um, my mother, Norma Macmillan, and she was, if you Google Norma Macmillan, I, go on IMDb, huge voiceover artist. She was a gigantic voiceover artist in the 60s and 70s. She started, in, she was in theater. My parents met in the theater, and then she was in radio. She did radio plays. And then in New York, her big claim to fame, she was on the first family album, the thing with Vaughn Meter where they sent up the Kennedy. Oh. She was mm. Caroline and John John. She was the kids. Oh, my gosh. That famous cover. Here's the first family where they're all standing on the lawn in front of the White House. That's my mother. That's my mother holding the balloon. Wow. So she was Caroline. And that was a huge. So after that, because it was the biggest hit in the world. They said, you're hired. So she was Casper the Friendly Ghost. She was Gumby. She was Sweet Polly Purebred Underdog's Girlfriend. She was Davy of Davy and Goliath. She was everybody. Um, yeah. The obscure one in the 60s called Mighty Mitor, where she was his sidekick, Little Rock. Which makes I love my tour. <laughs> Somebody just got me a whole DVD collection of Mighty Mitor. She is Little Rock, the little cave boy. Oh my gosh! She's freaking everybody. And there's there's some other cartoons where she was like additional voices. Where and now and then, if I'm watching a cartoon from the '60s, suddenly like the mother comes in. I go ah, because it's it's her. Um, she was everybody, and she just there's a Casper album. You have to go on like go on iTunes get the Casper album. I mean, you can get you know the first shot, but the Casper album from like 1960. I don't know. 
five or something. It's a musical with Casper and the ghostly trio and Wendy and Nightmare. <laughs> and oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, you should probably be really, really stoned, I think, when you Because <laughs> I think someone was really high when they wrote it. Because there's a song called, they take a trip to, to Hollywood or Ghostlywood, Ghostlywood to meet Boo Boo the Beautiful Ghost, who is like Marilyn Monroe ghost. Oh, my I God. I'm Boo Boo wow. the Beautiful Ghost. Do you know what I just found out? My mother... Dubbed, this is the nuttiest story, my mother dubbed the voice of Sharon Tate in her first movie, the horror film she did. Oh my gosh, that is, wow, that'll win you a bet. I remember a hundred years ago, my mother mentioning she did some film dubbing. Where she, got a she said, oh yeah, Sharon Tate, you know, so sad, you know, she was going, you know, I dubbed her voice once. They wanted her to be all breathy in Maryland. And no, she's a good Texas girl. She had a very strong voice. She'd never. Mm -hmm. I dubbed her. Back and I went, you dubbed Sharon Tate. Ooh, yeah. I dubbed that kid in Camelot, too. I had to do him. He could. And she rattled off a bunch of things. And she did. I was like, holy crap. And my mother didn't make stuff up, like, to brag at parties. Like, people were like, oh, my God, I just found out your mother's famous. Like, yeah, she forgot to, like, tell you. She was, like, sweet ball of your red. Um, so she wouldn't have cared. She wouldn't have gone around saying, I dubbed Sharon Tate. She's not just, it was a casual, it was like a dinner. She mentioned it. And I then checked this out and I talked to someone, well, I talked to Scott uh, Michaels at Dearly Departed Tours, who was one of the advisors on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because he's a Manson expert. Yeah. And I said, Sharon Tate dubbed he goes oh yeah just the one film that one weird horror movie thing she did in europe before she was like famous everything yeah she's everybody says she's dubbed i said okay i went and listened to it and then i went and listened to a cartoon my mother did around the same time called alice in wonderland in france i i don't know why but that's what it was <laughs> and it was so creepy i screamed and i sent both the links to scott and went what do you think? So, um, yes, apparently that's the one. And yeah, because I listened to it. And I listened to I w sat there watching Valley of the Dolls and then watching this old clip and going, that is not Sharon Tate's voice. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's my mother. Your mom also was on a Columbo. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the I'm a huge Columbo one. guy. That's yes, it right. Was the, it was the second uh, incarnation of Columbo. Yeah. And, yeah, um, it was. Actually, I'm sitting here pulling up the general wise general is this episode. I just watched it. It was on the other night. And it was on a week ago. What's it called? Yeah. Colombo, 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 1989. Like the yeah, the latest yep. one. There it is. There she is. She was Mrs. Martinson in Grand Deceptions, 1989 episode of Colombo about a general. And she was good. She did good. That was, I, that I watched. Yeah, I watched that episode too. And I, this is really crazy. I was going to bring up Scott because I helped. Uh, I was gonna. I had two friends go to one of your tours, uh, yeah. and I wanted to ask if you, you were still you doing my, that you with my Scott. Yes, I, yes. Do. I just did a Halloween tour. Of course, Scott Michaels has a thing to really departed, and most of their tours are, ooh, spooky. Many people yeah. died here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of that. And he has the Helter Skelter tour. It's about the terrible murders. and So he has all these things. And then he has, like, the Karen Carpenter tour about the Carpenters. He has all these things. Yes. And, and my friend Richard, Rich Sebastian, who's a tour guide, 
he and I put together the Nasty Nelly Tour some years ago, and we're at Dearly Departed. So Dearly Departed presents the Nasty Nelly Tour of Hollywood. And we do a three-hour tour, and it's all personalized because, like, here's a shot from my mom. Oh, I live there. Ta-da. Um, yeah. So it's really fun. Yes. Yeah, I helped Scott with uh, – what's her name uh, that passed away? The young singer, Amy Winehouse. Uh, I had a friend yes. that was n- – yeah, I had a friend that was near uh, where she passed away, and uh, he snuck it. He snuck in the back and got a picture of her coffin coming out. So I sent it to did. Scott, and he goes, "Can I use this?" And I said, "Sure, yeah, go ahead." Yeah, if you go to Dearly Departed Tours, absolutely go to their website. You'll find the Nasty Nelly Tour. I try to do it every month if I'm like in town. It's hard, but it's really, really fun. And oh, oh I have to, my mother. My mother was so excited about being in Columbo. She loved Peter Fox. She had a crush on Peter Fox. And she oh, he was great. To Columbo. She wanted to be on. And so in the 80s, when they revamped it, she got to be on an episode of Columbo. She, like, lost her mind. Oh, awesome. People forget how big Peter Fox was. That was a huge show. And it's really weird for young people. But, yes, people thought Peter Fox was sexy. I know. This people go, he was a big uh, – yeah. He was – He, was a he had that – Women thought he was hot. Yeah, remember that show he did, the one with uh, Faye Dunaway, I think it was, and uh, she just, it, you could just tell, people just really, women just really liked his weirdness and his hair and all that other stuff, so yeah, he was a big deal for a while. Now, I wanted to ask you, that's right, that's right, but I wanted to ask you all, but your father cracks me up, why don't you speak a little bit about your dad, what a character, good lord, Nick, I was great. My father, who actually a whole chapter is titled The Publicity Seeking um, He was just a madman, good manager, and totally to publicity. And he he was so crazy, and I wrote about him, and he knew, he knew, because he, he died right But When I, I, I started writing the book, and he said, I'm in there. It's, is it, it's probably not good. Well, how is it going? And I said, well, you're not going to win Father of the Year. <laughs> yeah, I kind of gave up on that award a long time ago. Yeah. And I said, but the best way I can describe what I've written about you is every actor in Hollywood will beat each other to death on the front steps of the studio to play you. And he said, oh, I'm a rogue? Am I a lovable? <laughs> I said, yes. Oh. Oh, good. And then, of course, you know, he had Parkinson's was towards the end, so he wound up mm-hmm. he wound up getting a death scene and the finale, which would make him very happy. Because um, they called me and said, we hate to do this to you. We need an epilogue, and we know your father just died. But everyone at HarperCollins is saying, what happens to the crazy dad? So you, we really need to know. Um, and I said, well, he's like, oh. no. um, Yeah, this man is so freaking bananas. And I did I did tell all. Um, um, yeah, and he knew it, and he was, like, fine with it. So um, we, we, we crashed a party. Uh, when little I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, Florence. I was telling Florence. Um, we were we were wow. reading about it in the book, and she, we were just cracking up. Tell her that. Tell that story. Oh, well, well, what happened is Little House hadn't even aired yet. We, it was going to be the NBC season. It had not aired yet. I had just started filming it. It was September. It was, you know, the big thing. And we found out we weren't we were not invited. There was a big party, and it was all the people who had new shows opening. Barbara Eden was there, Karen Valentine, Mary Tyler Moore, uh, Will Gear, because nobody on the Waltons was famous yet. People didn't know who Ralph yeah. and Michael Lerner were. Nobody knew it. Richard Thomas was not famous. Nobody was famous. Will Gear was famous. 
So Will Gear was at the party. So it was people who were already famous, like Michael Lennon. So people already famous were at this thing. And many, many people who became enormous stars after 1974 were not at this party because they weren't the name guy on the show yet. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very weird, the selection. You had to already be famous, and Michael fit on Bonanza. So we found out, because Jean Laurent, um, a French-Canadian uh, journalist, Jean Laurent, calls my dad and goes, there's this party. I'm going because I'm like foreign press. He's in the foreign press association. (laughs) Michael's going and it's a big little house thing. They're pushing, I mean, they're pushing the wall into a little house. They're pushing all the fall shows. But I can tell you right now, Michael Landon is going to be there and it's going to be a ginormous press thing about this new show, Little House. You need to get in there. And of course, we're not like invited at all. And my father was like, how do we do it? He said, no, 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 I got that because I've got so many invitations. I'm going, I'll get you in. And we went, we're going. And my father was like, we're going shopping. You need an address. We're going to this party. I'm like, this party we're not really invited to. Shut up. Go. So we go to, we went to Saks and Neiman Marcus. And I went to Neiman Marcus and bought this extremely expensive dress. Very pretty. It was actually age appropriate and like decent too, which is shocking for my father that he didn't make it. Or something. <laughs> it was actually a pleasant age appropriate, very prairie, very prairie dress. Little birds on it. But like a, a gazillion dollars, which luckily I had. But he wore his very good, beautiful designer classic tuxedo that he had purchased at a church rummage sale for $2. (laughs) (laughs) And he he couldn't afford a tux, but by God, he had a $2 tux. It had been very expensive. The man who donated it was very wealthy, clearly. So there's a... (laughs) In my $1,000 dress and his $2 tuxedo, we went to this party. And damn, we look good. And there's pictures in the book. And we went, we had hors d'oeuvres and drinks, and we met everybody. And because our buddy Jean was there, and he was one of the photographers, he made damn sure we were photographed. I have a picture of me with everyone from Mary Tyler Moore to Bill Gear to Barbara Eden to Michael, everybody, every breathing celebrity that party I was photographed with them. You could see that sly smile with Michael Landon, though. How, what are so you doing what? here? <laughs> On his thing, because we are so not supposed to So many of the others, they didn't know. They didn't know. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. He's cute. Little, little girl. They didn't care. So they all posed for pictures with me. But Michael knew who I was and knew damn well. <laughs> and he like says, "Let's be And the look on his face, like, "Oh my God!" What? Like through his feet. Oh my God! What are these people doing here? And he just like went wide-eyed and looked at us. And then he started like trying not to laugh hysterically because it's something Michael would have done in the same position. So on the one hand, he was like, "Oh my God, these people totally snuck in here." And the other, he was like, "That is hilarious. Who are these people? These two are going to be a riot." And um, he thought it was the funniest damn thing anybody had ever done. And he liked me, oh, so he boy. went, okay. Took beautiful pictures. Yep. You can see he's almost busting up laughing in the photos. And yep. um, from then on, he knew he went, okay, this girl's father is clearly going to be a trouble spot. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 yes, anytime there was – I people would say that that girl will go to the opening of an envelope because, indeed, my father got me into it. Now, and it Alex, paid off. It's paid off. I have a huge fan for Heck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, Allison, besides being an amazing actress and a wonderful author, you also do stand-up comedy. You actually go and do stand-up shows. 
Can you tell us a little bit about that and what do you prefer out of the three? Wow, it's hard to say because, yeah, I've done, you know, film and TV, web series, interviewing people, being interviewed, I get everything. But, yeah, the stand-up's really kind of me. I started doing that as a teenager, but I really like the show, the thing I do now, because it's an interactive one-woman show. There's a question-and-answer segment and everything. So I get to relate directly to the audience. I get to talk about what's really going on with me in my real life. It's, you know, I mean, it's scripted in it, but it's scripted by me, by my life. So yeah. um, I really enjoy that. That's really fun because you can really do things with it. And then I have the French version, which I do with a guy, <laughs> Patrice Batier in France, in French. Wow. And we have a show now he wrote called Le Mal au Trésor de Nelly Olson, Nelly Olson's Trunk of Treasures. And that's wow. audience interactive that's and has awesome. all sorts of weird participation things going on. And it's in French. So yeah. Oh, you're huge that's in France. Good Lord. Uh, I always say they don't think Nelly Olson's mean. They think she's French. <laughs> I know. I love those. I love those. Now, with all with all that you've done, it it really being serious. You look at the shows of that time. I was just talking to some uh, a t- a TV guy, and I was saying, "Gosh, Hill Street Blues." You had, you know, all of the Waltons and just some amazing shows during that time. Family shows also, and for us at least, it was for our family. It was just kind of a time where you could sit and laugh and cry sometimes. Michael Landon liked crying, but it was crying and adopting kids. You had to adopt a lot of kids, yep, but yep. it was a it was. A, it was a yeah it was a lot of fun for that and it must just make you feel so good inside to know that this is just a, a phenomena where people feel so good about all the characters and all the work that you did and obviously all the cast it must must really what an incredible thing to to put on your resume oh well there there's literally a whole documentary thing being done right now the little house phenomenon that they had to shoot cuz you know because in interview cuz it is a phenomenon it's a worldwide phenomenon my oh, father yeah. is so funny my father was raised yeah. on a farm in in Mozart, Saskatchewan. And as he said, he left home at 14. And if I never saw another cow again, it would be too soon. And yeah. when I got Little House, yes, he was thrilled. Oh my God, it's a series. It's a long, it's a but then he'd watch a show and go, ah, oh, blizzards, locusts, crop failure. I did all this. Oh, no. I was there. I saw this. I lived this. I did not yep. watch this. And every time they had, he goes, oh, my God, he did this. He did this in Saskatchewan. And then when they brought in little Albert, he said, orphans? Oh, tell me we're not bringing in orphans. That's it. I did oh, boy. Because he was in an orphanage and adopted. He said, I draw the line. Now, I had to deal with all this recreation of my childhood on this show, but now you're telling me orphans? I'm done. <laughs> the, what are what are what are a couple of you? I have to be honest with you. My favorite one, and which is a lot of people's favorite one, is Laura pushing you down when uh, with the wheelchair. Uh, you're such a good friend, Nellie. You know, and also. I, I'd also, but I'll let you talk about it. But also, the the one where you have uh, a candy cane in your mouth with the executioner hood over your head and that dream sequence with Laura. I cannot stop laughing thinking about that. That must have been so much fun to do those scenes. These are my two of my favorite. Bunny is absolutely hands down my favorite episode. It's the big thing. Oh, yeah. Bunny is the one where I pretend to be paralyzed and Laura finds out I'm faking and pushes me down a hill in a wheelchair. It is genius. <laughs> 
On what TV show do they push 12-year-old girls down hills in wheelchairs? This just never happens. And what show <laughs> was there ever that you would push a 12-year-old girl down a hill in a wheelchair and the audience would go, yay! <laughs> do it again. Everybody's clapping, yep. Yes, and she did it. Part. And she did it. She did it in front of Mrs. Olson. Remember, Mrs. You're Olson. And look at you. It's a miracle. I'm like, oh my, oh my god. It's the greatest. Piece. That piece of footage is run over and over again. I use it in my show. I run every, and it never gets old. Oh, <laughs> people that watch it all is the, the time. No matter how many times people watch it, they start laughing because this is so insane. The other one you mentioned is an episode called The Music Box, where I torment yep. a stuttering girl, and Laura steals my music box. That's the episode I call the one where even I hate me, because <laughs> torturing a stuttering girl, that is the last thing I would do. I mean, I had to go to speech class after school. I'm not picking on the stutterers. <laughs> Lord, no. So that one, when I was doing it, I was like, maybe we've gone too far. Maybe this is too yep. And then these girls crying but, but, and stuttering, and I'm like, no. But then, oh, then you, we're you. in a dream sequence, and where I have an executioner's hood and a peppermint stick. I remember Melissa Gilbert loved that. She even talked about it in an interview. Went, who but Michael Landon would have her in an executioner's hood with the ringlet sticking out and a peppermint stick? Who but Michael Landon would decide that was the way to shoot? It? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that was good. It was, it, and that girl too in the stuttering one. What an absolute adorable girl. Uh, what was her? Katie. Katie Kurtzman. Katie yeah, Kurtzman. Katie Kurtzman. See, I'm I'm an unabashed fan, and uh, I I love this show. I I watch it every week still. So, uh, and but Katie yeah. Kurtzman, shockingly, we no are love still friends. She did really? what? What did she do? Katie, Katie, um, she went on to a bunch of. She's not a real stutterer. Uh, she wound up being a regular on Dynasty. Um, she became wow. a star. She was, yeah, she was Lindsay uh, Blesdell or whatever on Dynasty. She was Lindsay on Dynasty. And oh my gosh! Was, oh. Uh, yeah, no, she I worked remember like a her. Yeah. yeah, she, she was. was she was she was Diary of a Teenage Hitchhiker. Trish Thurston. Yeah, she was all of that. Wow. I remember her as Heidi. I remember her as Heidi. Uh, yeah, she, yeah, she 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 had that beautiful that presence. Yeah, she's and I can tell this story now because she's grown up and she's okay and everything. But when she was Heidi and we were an NBC affiliate uh, party in Atlanta and we were both way underage, um, Heidi drank me under the table. I'm just saying. Oh, um, it was like crazed child stars run amok for the weekend. And, wow. Uh, she's grown up to be a, a, a very healthy, lovely person who does not do that anymore. But Katie, um, we've been on radio shows together, so she's marvelous. And it's so funny because people are like, you were so horrible. Does that, how did, is that girl okay? I'm like, yes, yeah, she actually still speaks to me. Now, another thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't want to give the whole book away because there's like a million stories in them, but who was the genius that thought, I don't think your dad did that, where you went to that school dressed as uh, Nellie and Mrs. Olsen and the yes. kids hated you? And we got beat up. My father actually tried to prevent that disaster. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, your dad The did. man was quite astute, actually, about these things. So... Somebody at, and it was like, oh gosh, it's that big fancy schmancy school up in Coldwater Canyon. The It was like the, the, it was a girls school and a boys school and they've since merged. Very expensive place. So of course somebody there knew someone at NBC and said, we want blah, blah, blah for the Easter fair. And they're sure. So they called and said, 
Catherine McGregor and you, you're going to go, but this is a whole big deal. We're signing off on this. So we want you there in the costumes, the costume thing up there. And my father said, it's a terrible idea. Don't do it. And he tried to talk <laughs> him out of it. And he said, first of all, you're not a Holly Hobby doll. You're an actress. I don't want you to wake up the costume. Like you're the freaking, you know, you're like this is the, you know, Macy's Day Parade float and you're in costume as a cartoon character. You're a person, you're an actress, you shouldn't be out in the costume. And he said, besides, it's a bad idea because people get really keyed up about this Nelly thing and they could turn on you. They could be bad. People, they they, they get, they could incite them. He actually said that it incites people that way. (laughs) Sure enough. Catherine and I show up and everyone hates us. No one wants an autograph. No one wants to talk to us. Catherine said hello to a little girl and made her cry. Made little children cry. Oh, my God. And she scared them and children were crying. And Catherine got really upset because she's very sensitive and she did not like making four-year-olds cry. So it was quite (laughs) something. Children screaming and crying and running. Catherine's going, why? Children are crying. And I said, to heck with this. I'm getting a hot dog and a Slurpee. And I walk off and go to the food area. And then two little girls came running up and kicked me in the butt and knocked me to the pavement. And I was like, oh, my God. I could it up. And my father said, that's ridiculous, and got me another hot dog and a drink and took me home. And he called. He called the people at NBC who had pulled this stunt and said, she, great drama, high dungeon. She was attacked. And um, oh, my God. And said, I told you not to go out in the damn costume. So, yeah. <laughs> he knew. It's like, it incites people, I tell you. It incites them. Um, <laughs> Who was so, Whose idea was that? Was it just the studios? I'm dying to go. If I ever find out, I'm kicking them in the butt completely. Um, but some, <laughs> I think some fancy pants person at the network had kids at that school. And the school had the Easter fair and said, well, well can you get us something? Oh. And somebody oh. who worked at NBC said, oh, but of course. And yanked us out there. Oh, the what a great idea! The hair and the whole thing. I was like, oh, somebody from the network was. This was their thing, and it was a giant, giant disaster of epic proportions. <laughs> oh my God! Now, well, we're we're going to do. Uh, we're we're so happy that Allison could come on. We could talk to her for hours. She would she would yeah. pass out, but we would still be asking her questions. Uh, so <laughs> we're we we adore her and her book. We are going to give links to her book, uh, Confessions yeah. of a Prairie Bear. And now some of you are saying, now I know a lot, you know, you guys got on me for some of the reviews I did with the other books. uh, And I'm just, you know, I'm sorry. This is the best book by far. This is the one you have to get. I thought Melissa, Melissa Gilbert's was okay. Uh, Melissa Sue Anderson, uh, don't get me started with that one. Uh, well, that was Melissa Gilbert is classic Hollywood memoir. Classic Hollywood yeah. memoir. Here's what. Uh, and then I slept with him, and then I did this, and then I did that. Yeah, yeah and I didn't. Um, I didn't like Sue that. Didn't want. Yeah, she didn't want to write a book. The problem. Melissa Sue said, "I don't want to write a book. I don't want to write a book." And her husband and her agent and her manager said, "No, you got to write a book. Come on, Melissa Gilbert's got a book coming out. Allison's a book. No, I do not want to write a book. No, do a book. This is what happened." when you make somebody write a book who doesn't really want to yeah. write a book. Yeah, and it, so it was just, fine, it was just, whatever. And she wrote that. And she's a very private person. She didn't want to, I don't want to talk about all this. Well, there you go. Boom. <laughs> now, 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 Allison, a lot of people have, have given me some DMs ripping on her 
And what was what was her deal? Was she just young and kind of everything came at her too too strong? Because even yeah. the cast members get on her, uh, and she wasn't well, the night. Was, I've always said you, you just girl. Okay, junior high school age girls. I take girls twelve, thirteen, and fourteen together and lock them in a room together for years. Like you're lucky to come out alive. Um, so oh yeah, right there. You had that girl. thing happening, and you always have the cliquey girls. And her mom, her mom was very, very overprotective, very stage mothery, very in her business mm. 24-7. So the pressure had to just be enormous. And she was, she was, I, she's like saying, well, I was told not to fraternize. I'm like, yeah, by your mom, because nobody else tells you. Yeah. So her mom was telling her, oh, no, don't hang it. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm sure her mother thought Melissa Gilbert and I were just juvenile delinquents. And she didn't hang out. And so she was being told not to hang out with us. My aunt, my Auntie Marion, befriended her mom and was really nice to her, became friends with her mom. And she said, yeah, I just don't think they're happy at home. I think there's a – and so her mom was very overprotective, and I'm sure this made her completely nuts. She was told not that Melissa Gilbert and I, I'm sure, told terrible things about both of us, that we were awful and she shouldn't hang out with us. And so she just caught this toot. And I'm sure yeah. totally self-protection. She since then said that she was painfully shy at being thrown onto the show. She was just flipping out, like total anxiety attack 24-7. Mm. I'm sure that didn't help. Um, so, yeah, so she just kind of went go away, go away, go away vibe. And mm. nobody knew quite what to say. <laughs> and, of course, Melissa and I, again, we were teenage girls. We are like, what's her problem? Oh, well. And by then, Melissa and I, of course, had paired off and become great friends. We're going to parties together and hanging out. And so mm-hmm. Melissa Sue became, you know, like the girl in your junior high school class who doesn't speak to you. And that's how it came out. But Pat Laberto and Matt Laberto are darling, darling people, uh, both very successful. We never see Matt anymore. Everyone's like, where's Matt? Where's Albert? He went into voiceover. You're hearing. Oh, him. wow. He's like wow. Films and doing commercials and doing cartoons and doing all this stuff, video games and all that. Stuff. So you're like hearing him. He's in your head and in your car radio mm-hmm. and on your TV actually all the time. And you just have no idea. Um, so he's cashing quite the check, but he doesn't have to go on camera. So he's like, ah, ha, 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 I don't have to. Yeah. Um, talented guys. Real talented. I mean, what was that thing? Something, um, daddy's home or whatever. Pat had a series he produced at one point. He's into producing. He got involved with all the, like the summer school movies and stuff. So he's been very, and and he was on Jack. Pat Laberto was Mm -hmm. on Jack. He was the guy who lost his leg and everything. So so they've all done very well. Pat, they've come to a couple reunions. Pat came to a reunion um, in South Dakota and Matt showed up in Beatrice, Nebraska. For like no particular reason, he just felt like it, and he showed up. And we loved it. So wow! And those reunions, oh my gosh, those things are huge. People are going, uh, and you're so kind. I've seen a lot of people ask you to do things. You always are good to the fans. So, uh, boy, if you ever get a chance to go out to one of those guys, you got to go see it. But, uh, um, but Allison, we. We uh, we adore you, and we're so glad that you came on the show. You're going to be yeah. seeing a lot of the stuff for Florence and I going to put out there for Good. for her because we we just really I think she's she never really uh, she's succeeded in so many ways, but she's still going as strong as ever. And boy, she is doing so many fun things, and it has just been a blast talking to you. Uh, my mom is looking down from above, giving two thumbs up. So we're, and we're so happy she just uh because she was such a big fan of yours 
I, I have a newsletter. You can get the Nelly newsletter sent to your email box every month where you'll know exactly what I'm doing at all times and what the rest of the cast is like if Melissa Gilbert has a movie coming out or somebody's in a play. So if you email loose gravel prod, loose like it sounds, gravel, G-R-A-V-E-L, prod, uh, P-R-O-D, at AOL, loose gravel prod, AOL, um, you can sign up for the Nelly newsletter and you'll know I'm everything. Do that. And then... I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on everything. I'm on like Snapchat. I'm on Instagram. Um, I have a website, bonnetheads.com. B-O-N-N-E-T-H-E-A-D-S, bonnetheads.com. And you can find out what I'm doing there as well. And your podcast, I really enjoy. You do a really good job with that. How, how, have you, how has it been for you getting into the podcast world? Oh, it's been great because it was like people have been saying you should have a show, you should have a show, you should have a show. And so finally I talked to some friends like, well, okay. And it's actually, it's a whole thing. It's UBN Go Radio. So it goes out as like an internet radio show thing. And mm-hmm. then it's also Facebook Live. So on my page, my fan page, you can tune in and watch the whole thing. And then it rolls over and becomes a podcast on everything from iTunes to, well, pretty much every single service that you can listen to podcasts on. It's on all of them because I've had people say, well, listen is. to it on this and listen to it on that. I'm like, yeah. wahoo. It's like everything. I'm on everything. <laughs> She's everywhere. Right. She does tours. Yes, she does. There's nothing she can't do. And she is just such an uber talent. Allison, we love you. We, we're just so proud that you're on our show. We thank you so much. Yes, thank okay. you. Okay, and if you're in, in L.A., December 14th, we're having a prairie get-together in Burbank at the Colony Theater, so come back. Oh, wow. Wow, I, I may, but we may just hit that. So that that I'm sounds pretty you. good. That All sounds right, I'll get out the word and check your newsletter so you know what it is. So there you go. Well, <laughs> That's right. Well, and we'll have all this stuff out, you guys, next week. We're going to have all their stuff, so don't worry about uh, – uh, but you could listen to the podcast again. But we'll send all this stuff out again, and you guys will be able to get the newsletter and all her sites and everything. Thank you so much, Allison. Take care. 